Hi, welcome to my creativity. The podcast about being creative and producing output. I'm your host, Surrey. I reveal how I work, my projects, my process, well, my creativity. From planning and goal setting to how I stay accountable for my output, to the way ideas pop into my head, and to the frameworks I use to stimulate my creativity and formalize it. So each week I go over last week's goals. And then at the end of the show, I give you some new goals that I'm going to be completing. So let me just start off straight away with my goals. I've come to the end of August. So the first thing I'm going to have to do is come up with September's goals. You'll hear about them next week. So my August goals were to publish book two, to do a run of 16 kilometers, to release exit plan three, and do my app ideas. Interesting. So I have released exit plan three, and I have come up with some app ideas. Uh, I'm... Ah, oh, geez, that's really hard because I'm I'm tr- I'm working hard to come up with something that's actually decent, and not, not just a uh, a rip of something that someone else is already doing, and that's hard. I think um, I speak I spoke a few weeks ago about the this book, The Innovator's Dilemma, by Clayton M. Christensen. I just had to quickly look to my left to see I've been reading the end end part of it again, and. The interesting thing about app ideas, and, and just before I go into how I did with last week's goals, is what I'm trying to do, and I, I said this the other week, is I'm trying to come up with a business uh, or an application, because it's, it's going to have to be some sort of software component to this in order for me to be able to scale this type of business. Uh, you know, entertainment information, that sort of thing. And I really need to come up with um, a solution that will be servicing an underserviced market in a related field to the existing. And I think in the past, uh, when I was speaking about it, I talked about, for example, Patreon, because what my primary mission here is to create this collaborative entertainment network that is supported by patrons, not advertising. And that means I need customers paying me money. And you think of Netflix, for example, and I'm not saying I'm going to create Netflix, but Netflix doesn't have overt advertising. I wouldn't be surprised to find that they do get some sort of kickbacks on product placements within their TV shows. I don't know. Not really my point. The point is they don't have ads but you pay you know, $10 a month or whatever it is. You're a patron and you're supporting them. And as a result, Netflix's primary goal is to try and produce content that you want to watch as opposed to an advertising network or someone making money from ads. They want to produce content that brings in the most advertising money. And those two things don't necessarily 100% align. So I'm looking for some sort of way of getting money from patrons in exchange for value that I'll provide, or rather Gravity Undone will provide. And initially, that needs to be money from people who are currently not getting what they want or need or 
will not pay enough money to the existing people. And that's where I'm going with this. And I've got some ideas on that and I will elaborate later. So last week's goals, uh, run a 16 kilometers today. Well, I did not do that. Today was stormy as all get out. This whole weekend was. It was also Father's Day today, so I spent a lot of time with the kids. And I really, you know, I didn't realize it was Father's Day last week when I was making my goals. And and this is one of those things, that you've, and, I, and I made this mistake before, for example, when my parents came and stayed. I, I didn't look far enough ahead and realize that during school holidays with my fer- parents staying, I'm just not going to be as productive. Now, published book two. Uh, I actually was going to, and then I sort of read through some parts, and I found some formatting and a couple more bits. So it's going through another round of edits. And anyone out there who is a, a writer will understand that this this is just one of those things that happens. And Judgment Day. I have been practicing that. I have not recorded any more of that, but I've got... Yeah, I've got the practice down, so that's nice. So this week, I want to talk to you, other than about The Innovator's Dilemma by Clayton M. Christensen, which I highly recommend you buy, and you can check it out on shop.gravdowndone.net slash books. So I've got all my recommended books. Uh, This week, I'm going to play an interview. There's this fellow called Lee James, uh, also known as Warcroft, He's a, a voice actor and a creative person who has come to the realization that they have to create. And he shared with me some of his life's philosophy, how he got to where he is and where he's intended to go. He also shared with me an amazing trailer for an upcoming audio drama, which I will play now. Tonight on Manson's Mysteries. The small town of Clearwater, destination for local hikers and home of the famous Clearwater Falls, is under attack. Ten deaths in the last five years, all explained away as bear attacks. It was seen from the missing hikers that he's been quite troublesome. We're going to be tracking the beast of Clearwater Mountain using state-of-the-art technology provided by our generous sponsors. They record video and audio, which, when put together, functions as a sonar web. Or at least that's what the scientists tell me. Rick Manson. Rick Manson. Rick Manson. The real hunter. Proper monster hunter. I'm just here to kill the damn thing because Manson's Mysteries is on the case. You can certainly try. That trailer is for, uh, what's it called, for the, the Man on the Mountain. And it's a, the sort of the prequel to a novel that James, uh, that Lee did as an audio book. The book uh, is called Whiteout, and you can find out more about that. Do a bit of a Google. And uh, we've got his interview. So first up then, your name is... My real name's Lee. Yeah, well, Lee. Lee, Lee James. James my middle name. I don't worry about my last name. Too many people say it wrong and have to spell it every time and all that. So 
And my kid's last name is James. I gave them the name James instead of my last name. So Nice one. Lee James, that'd be fine. But um, when I started this voiceover stuff, I figured I'd do um, I'd use James Croft because Warcroft being my gamer tag for many years. But you know, it doesn't have a ring to it. I was actually talking about this the other day to the writer and the publisher of the audio drama that I'm doing. So I think I've settled on Lee James. I think I'll just go with that. Okay, then Lee James. That was a long answer for a name, wasn't it? <laughs> That's okay. I get asked about my name as well. But he's like, a Surrey, was that, were you born in Surrey? I said, no, not at all. It was a... <laughs> is, it is just your name or is it from something? Here we go. You have I, to answer it, it again. It is actually my name. That's my mother. <laughs> my mother had a dream when she was pregnant with me about a blackbird that would come down and peck her on the head and would not leave her alone. Really? And its name was Surrey Quark. Wow. And, is Quark your middle name? No, no, John. So, okay. <laughs> my parents were kind enough. Uh, it, John's a bit of a family name, so my dad's middle name is John, yep. and his dad's name was John or something. And it was it was a compromise. We went well. We'll call him Surrey because of this dream, uh, but we'll give him the middle name of John. If Surrey doesn't work out, he can always just go with John, which is. <laughs> but Surrey works out quite well. It gives me this nice little story to tell everyone. Yeah, and it's different, unique, memorable, memorable. Okay, so how about you tell us a bit more about yourself and what it is you do and what your passion is um well it takes a bit of a back and forth journey as to how i got here when i was in high school um, a friend of mine was working on a commercial radio station and i went along to that a few times and joined in announcing playing songs and stuff and then when i finished high school i had my own show on commercial radio for a little while and figured from that go to radio school that sort of stuff and it was uh yeah wasn't really inspired or anything so completely left all that behind um, and I moved across to Victoria. This was when I was living in Alice Springs and then Adelaide and things. Moved across to Victoria and started working at the um, air traffic control center, running the training simulators they train air, tra- air traffic controllers on. Did that for, I was in that industry for a number of years, but it, again, you're working the 24-hour rotating shifts all the time. Your life's dedicated to this sort of industry. And it was just, I was, like you were saying before, I was good at it, but it wasn't inspiring me. It was easy. It was too easy. It was boring. So eventually pulled the pin on it, left there, moved down to the southern end of Melbourne, down in Frankston here, and thought, what am I going to do? Don't know what to do. So I jumped in a retail job to pay the bills and stuff. And one day I'm working in retail and I'm, I'm wearing this apron that you had to wear for a uniform. And I'm on my knees stacking pink lunch lunch boxes on the shelf. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Just wasting my time here. So I left there and got a job at um, a sign writing company. They do all the uh, fleet vehicles and trucks and things like that as a uh, vinyl cutter and started learning the whole signage signage industry, sign writing, graphic design and things as well. So I've been doing that for about 20 years now. I'm kind of done with it, for lack of a better term. And although I've been an artist all my life, drawing stuff ever since I was a little kid, I can design the hell out of anything I want. You know, it's just, I'm bored. So bored. And so like a midlife crisis, I suppose you could call it as well, started reaching out, finding different things I wanted to do. I was trying movie editing because I've made video videos of my kids and YouTube videos of them gaming and stuff, all that sort of things, which is fun. It's easy, whatever. Start wanted to start up my own design company, which is the Warcraft Design website. But again, that was just more of the same. And then for some really stupid reason, I woke up one morning and first thing in my head was, I'm going to go buy a microphone. So I did. <laughs> and from that point on, it's just this is what I've done constantly every day. I've, even though this isn't my job and I don't get paid next to nothing for it, I've got enough recording work and voice work and production work for like eight, 10 hours a day. I'm swamped with it. It's crazy. It's just because I want. it's what I want to do. You, you decide to get a microphone 
I mean, I had a little headset microphone and things, but something told me to go back to old radio announcing days. And I suppose working in the air traffic control industry, speaking and clearly and correctly all the time. But I don't know, something called me back to it. So I just went out to JB Hi-Fi, bought a Yeti and plugged it in and away I went. So Did gone. you ever get tempted to like sap an internet radio station or anything along those lines? Not, no, no, no. Um, the problems I found when you, when you say, uh, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Before trying to find that specific thing, that was the problems I was always having. What is it? I mean, I can do this creative stuff, do this art stuff, do this editing stuff, do recording stuff, but I can't do it all. And I found that when I was making videos and movies and things like that, there was too much involved for one person to handle it all. Like you want to film something, but first you got to film it, cameras, gear, go somewhere, do it, come back. It, it was just too much involvement, but doing voice work, recording stuff, it's just me how I want, what I want, when I want, don't need much setup, and I can get stuff out, get stuff done, and it's something that I'm good at. Yeah, I've, I've certainly had a similar problem myself in trying to figure out, as you say, I've got a day job, for example, so my time is limited to, I get an yeah, exactly, hour yeah. in the morning on my commute on the train, I can do writing, because I've got a little laptop, I can do all, that's where I can do all my writing and sort of planning if you like and then I get an hour on the train home again uh, usually I do something that is more sort of um, more more like say listening or watching or reading to try and just sort of fuel myself there and then after dealing with the kids I maybe get an hour sometimes two hours in the evening after they've gone to bed to do something so trying to coordinate with other people I suppose also you you, you you really you really do try to squeeze it into every single free minute that you've yeah. got. I've got an opportunity right now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and it's it's very hard there without uh, without I suppose living with another person to be able to do that. Mm. Like um, every morning on the way to work, I don't listen to the radio and things. I might listen to occasionally listen to a, a podcast or something, which I've only just started doing recently, really. But anything that I've recorded and produced the night before, I'll listen in the car on the way to work. It's about a forty-five minute drive. Mm. And then on the way home, I'll listen to it as well. And I'm taking notes on my head about do this better, change that, re-edit that, whatever. I'll go home and I'll do it. And then the next day, listen to it again, back and forth. Yeah. So what, what drew you to, I suppose, speaking? Is that Would you say that your creative outlet is uh, creating speech-based speech, speech -based characters? Or what would you it's, say? I, I don't know exactly. I can, I do, I've done a countless amount of just voice work for people, characters, narrations. Uh, video games and things like that but I also like producing it myself editing it myself telling a story that's why I didn't just want to I'll get to the story of the audio drama I'm working in now but I didn't want to just do a straight narration I wanted to make something create something when you know when you've got a vision in your head and you just want to get it out and produce it and I couldn't do that doing video but I don't know it's a hell of a lot more fun doing it in audio playing in have it playing in people's imaginations as they're listening that's yeah, quite challenging too because we tend right. to be visual yeah, I, creatures I like telling a story yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so how did you get started actually getting, you've got paid work doing audio. How did you get started with that? Did you sign up with an agency or have you advertised or is it word of mouth? No, no, no. I, <laughs> um, I did a couple of things myself and put a, a couple of things on um, YouTube. I did the absolute completely wrong thing. I went to the No Sleep forum on oh, Reddit, yes. read a story there that I liked, and I just turned that into a, into a um, story, like an audio story. I didn't get permission, so that's bad. You shouldn't do that. But I just wanted, it was my very first thing that I wanted to make and just try to produce something, see how it goes together, see how to record it, see how to put sound effects in there and make all that stuff, you know, mm. just a, like a testing bed. And while I was doing that, it taught me about how to speak better, speak more clearly, um, you know, nail down your environment that you're using, 
like stopping reverb, soundproofing, things like that, trying out different bits of hardware and software and there's a the entire experimental process that went along with it rather than just record it, stick it on YouTube and there you go. And then um the you know the um Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, that podcast and that YouTube channel. Uh, not personally, but yes. Oh, they're sort of tied in with the No Sleep podcast and things like yeah. that as well. Every year they have a um Evil Idol competition and entrants from all around the world submit their entries and things to try and be selected to compete. And out of, I don't know how many hundreds of entries they got, I've been doing this voice stuff for about two weeks and I sent an entry off and I got selected as one of the 20 to compete in that. So that was a big, big eye-opener right there. But it also got me got to force me to experiment or experiment more and try different things. But it also taught me that that's not what I wanted to do specifically. Have you listened to the uh, No Sleep podcast and Chilling Tales podcast? Yeah, it's just someone narrating a horror story or a scary story or something uh no but i understand the, got, the no sleep is written from the point of view as if it were real is that right kind of yeah and but um and the creep uh, creepy past podcast and things it's just someone reading in a, a flat semi-scary tone of voice just telling a story mm. and it just it wasn't my thing and so everyone else in this um evil older competition was submitting their stories like that but i wanted to tell a story with different characters and different voices and stuff. And that's what I did. And it was a real hit or miss thing. Some people really loved it. Other people didn't like it because it wasn't the style that was known in that genre right there. So yeah, that's far as I got in that competition. But it's encouraged me to go off and do my own thing, create my own style and tell a story the way I want to tell it. Yeah, so how do you decide on what, what sort of things you're going to do? Uh, so each week, as you say, you've got only X amount of hours. You've got to sort of fit around life there. I was just do you, uh, do you formally write these things down? Do you have a, a sort of, a, I suppose, a more nebulous checklist of things you want to try? Uh, how do you do that? I'd really like to say I have some sort of plan or focus or idea, but in all honesty, it's just absolutely chaotic, random, spur of the moment. What is it I need to do right now? How do I do that? Okay, that's how it needs to be done. Let's Let's put that in there like this now. There's a YouTube channel that I, a gaming channel that I narrate for as well. And every week I'll get one or two scripts from the writer for that. And they could be like 12 pages long and like 10,000 words at a time. So they're, I got to pump them out once or twice a week. Then other little side projects that I'm always helping people out on. And then the audio drama story that I've been creating as well. And it's, I don't have a plan. The only thing I plan is, right, I'm going to be free from eight o'clock. Sit down and do it. Just plow through the pile. It's not the most um, structured way of doing things. No, I might call it a... For lack of a better term. <laughs> it's, it tends to be more of an experimental uh, process, I suppose. Yeah, and through months of experimenting, in the last uh, probably three or four months, I've hit the... You know, I've hit a line, I've hit a style, I've hit a technique, because it took months for me to nail down my environment, levels, sounds, and everything, because every time you change it, microphone quality changes and recording quality changes and all your settings change and that was the biggest headache for months right there you record something for someone then you do something to your environment you have to re-record it or they want you to do something else and it doesn't match and but now it's all locked down so i can continue on a straight path now which is makes it much easier Yeah, I, i know that problem i have i record for an episode of for example exit plan i have to record all my lines for that episode in the one one setting because there's been a couple of times where I've I've gone through the editing process and gone, oh, I, I missed a line or I really would like to say this extra bit or, or and something. And you can't just slot that word in. And I've gone back and recorded <laughs> that extra bit and then put it in. And there's uh, sometimes it's quite a subtle difference, but you can hear it. You go, that's clearly one spoken bit chopping to a new 
take. And, mm. and, and you wonder if other normal listeners yeah, can pick it up or you're just being super fussy. And sometimes it's okay because being an audio drama, I've got background noise and, and you yeah, can sort of yeah. hide it in the background noise. But there are portions of plain, straight narration and I've had to redo a whole, uh, you know, maybe 10-minute section just to do an extra three words. Yeah, because I, I haven't, as you say, I, yeah. I haven't got my environment controlled enough. For each session, it's controlled enough, but not between yeah. sessions. Yeah, and it's funny you should say that because the drama that I'm, the audio drama I'm making in Chapter one and chapter two, I've never been happy with. They sound different. The narration in them sounds different from all the other chapters. And I always wanted to redo chapter one. But chapter two, there was, as I liked the narration, even though it didn't match the, the following chapters, there was one word in it that I didn't pronounce correctly. And I've spent hours and hours trying to fix that word. And just I just couldn't get it. And so today, before I came off of this interview, I've re-recorded chapter one and chapter two straight through, matching everything else now. It's funny you should say that. Just for that one one bloody word. I've got uh, <laughs> one of the characters in Exit Plan mispronounced consistently a a word. Yep. Uh, you know, it had a um, the e ending was you know a, an e accent, but in the script yep. I didn't put the accent on there by just an oversight of my own, and so I've had to rewrite a little bit to sort of put it in as if she's doing it on purpose to annoy my character. <laughs> So that's yeah, a little bit of retconning there to 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 yeah, to you're trying to find your way around things in yeah. shape so that people don't go. That just is weird the way everyone else says it one way and this one person says it differently. So it's funny how you'll you'll dig through all your audio looking for the the right sounding word or phrase or the syllable and cut and paste it in there and try and get it to match and overlapping and and it's funny what you try to do to avoid having to re-record the damn thing. Yeah, so at the moment you're sort of going along i guess sort of in a an experimental process of doing all these things and and really working your way through what it is you like doing and becoming good at it but did you have a longer vision i mean where where would you see yourself say in that 10 years at a time frame or 5 years or or some other long distance horizon there hmm. this could be a long story or a short story <laughs> so um i'll wander back to a couple of weeks after, or probably about a month after the Evil Idol competition, I was on the Reddit forums and every time someone posts on there, need a voice for this and a voice for that, I jump on straight away and just do it. Any sort of learning experience because there's so many people out there who just want to make something, want to create something. They've got their own visions and they just can't find people to help them. And so I was jumping on everything and just doing countless amount of work. And then one day someone jumped on there wanting a narrator for an audiobook version of their novel. And I jumped on him and stuck my hand up. He gave me some lines. I sent them back and they were happy with it. And that was um, Ashton McCauley, who's written a book called Whiteout. Um, it came out probably about a year ago or so. And he wanted to make an audio drama for it. Or sorry, no, just a normal audio book for it, not an audio drama. I stupidly said I'd make an audio drama of it. And that's where the whole rabbit hole started because I'd never done anything like that before in my life. Hmm. So I made up a preview chapter or a segment of a chapter for him for that. And they really, really him, him and his publisher really enjoyed it. And so they said, yep, that's great, do that. But I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so I just started plowing through it, learning as much as I could and building this audio drama while still doing other side projects as well. And so everything that I've been doing the last nine months since I started this is just purely get to the end of this line here. Because once we've done this, we can get this out and we can push forward into what we're trying to accomplish. Because both... Ashton and Jason, the publisher, are in exactly the same boat that I am, creating something, 
within their industries, starting from scratch and trying to move forward. But, you know, you can't do it all yourself. And so we're all at the same place, doing different things at the same time, trying to build something for the future. And right now, uh, my 10-year vision is probably only two months ahead, which is just at the end of this audio drama right now. And from that, if that's successful or people like it, then we'll get into the first novel and then into the second one and work through like that. So are you are you currently doing all of this full-time or you're working another job at the same time? Oh, no, I'm also sign writing um, eight to ten hours a day. Still doing the sign writing? Get up at, yeah, six o'clock in the morning. I get home at about five, six o'clock at night. Some days you're absolutely buggered, but you just get in front of the computer and the microphone and keep editing and doing more. Many, many late nights just plowing through it because... I need to, for me inside, personally, this isn't about the money or um, future prospects or getting paid and reward and stuff. I needed an outlet besides just coming home and sitting down and watching TV and just, I needed to do something, needed to create something. I need to produce something, get something out there. I need a, a sense of uh, self-worth, if you know what I mean. I've certainly heard a number of people now have said one of their driving goals is to leave a legacy, to have a bit of immortality in that so long as something you've produced is circulating and is inspiring other people and is having an impact on other people, then you'll always be around. Do you have a similar sort of feeling? Yes. my I have a meaning of life, which is everybody has to climb their own mountain. And the whole purpose of life is to climb as high, high as you can and put your flag in the ground so other people can look up at it as, insp as inspiration or as a goal to set for themselves to beat that flag or whatever. You, you can't just mill around the bottom, grinding away, just wasting your time. You need to start climbing and getting high. And the whole point is to get as high as you can and see how far you can get. And then you leave that point there and your kids can continue from there and they can keep climbing. Life isn't, a, life isn't a road. It's not a path that you just keep wandering down. It's a mountain. You've got to keep going, keep climbing, see how high you can get. Actually, so on that then, do you have any lessons that you'd want to pass on either to your children or onto other people who are sort of following maybe a similar creative path as yourself? What, what have you learned that you wish maybe you had known or that uh, someone had, you wish someone had told you? Oh, God. Do you want to keep it um, within the uh, recording and editing audio drama industry or just life yeah, in general? Yeah, it could be either. I mean... That it's always, I think it's always applicable. There is always going to be people like every day, you're going to run into people all the time who will tell you not to do things or hold you back, not worth it, don't waste your time. If you're not making any money, it's not worth it. Why are you doing this? They're only saying that because they don't want you to, they don't want you to climb higher than them, basically. But keep climbing and they can look up at you as you're making your way up the mountain. Sure, there'll, there'll be people above you who want to reach down and pull you up and help you out. There'll also be people underneath you who want to pull you down and stuff. That's just the way life is. But if you let those people grab you and pull you down, you won't get anywhere. So just keep going up, keep climbing. And you know, it's really hard to um. Go I was going to say, you know what? Uh, no doubt, anyone hearing that who hasn't yet learnt that themselves will probably not realise it until later on when they discover the same thing and go, oh, that's that's exactly it. Yeah, you hear the same lessons from people over and over again, the same advice, but it's not until you hear it at the right time and it resonates you with it a certain way that you go. That's what it really means. Yeah, it wasn't until I became a parent like, that I understood all of these things that my parents have been saying. Yeah. And then you go, oh. I mean, when you don't have kids, when you don't have kids, you think you get it. You think you understand. But then when you have kids, it's like, I didn't have a clue before. I get yeah, it now. That's what they're talking about. Okay. Yeah. And so as a result, I, I keep saying a lot of the same things my parents have said. And I go, oh, yes. And, yeah, and, you keep saying as, and you keep saying as well, when you're older, you'll look back at yeah, this. Yeah, I, I tell my kids, because they kind of look at me odd and I say, look, I know you're not going to understand any of this. No, no, I get it. No, you, no, it's okay. 
if and when you get to the right point in life, you'll go, that's what he was on about. And I hope that you get to there just a little bit earlier than I did. And like you said, yeah, yeah, I hope, one, that, I hope you're, they've reached that flag a little bit earlier in life and can, can move further up that mountain, to use your analogy. Yeah, yeah. Or I can set a, a base for them halfway up the mountain. You can start from here. I've worked my ass off to get to here for you. You keep climbing. Don't go back down. There's nothing down there. Keep going up. So then you've obviously got a lot of these uh, ideas of going out and doing something and you've probably been told at various times, various people that uh, they're a bit crazy. Where have you gone for support for your desires, for these goals, for these ideas you have? Do you have like a, a mentor or a buddy or, it, um, or is it internal only? Um, no one around me specifically. I mean, you get people that help you out in your normal working life, you've got your work colleagues and you've got your wife and your kids and that sort of stuff. And I've found that when I'm not doing what's expected of me, when I'm doing what I want to do, they're not as supportive. They're only, people are mostly only supportive when you're doing what they want you to do to help benefit themselves. And when you start doing your thing, you're not helping them out so they get a bit aggravated. I mean, that's partly also my fault because I've invested so much time into helping other people out do what they want. You know, I was at work one day about five years ago and uh, one of my staff said to me um, that they were looking at leaving, they want to start their own business and this and that. I said, oh, why? And they said to me, because I'm sick of making other people money. And like I was saying earlier, that was one of those things said at the right time that just resonated with me like, you're right, why am I grinding myself away for someone else? And so when I took a step back and decided I wasn't going to commit myself so much to that, to that person, like being their boss or your work or whatever, then they get angry at you because you're not doing what they want. So I did a lot of scratching around before I started recording stuff like this. I did a lot of scratching around trying, um, going back into art stuff and design stuff, but doing things how I wanted, editing things and, and trying to find what it is I was good at and what I wanted to do. But when I latched onto this voiceover stuff, it all resonated with me. I was able to do it really well, really fast and really good. And then other people, I found there was other people in the same sort of position trying to produce things that they wanted. They had ideas and aspirations and stuff. And being able to help these people out, bring their visions to life was also helping me bring my visions to life. And you're able to bounce off each other back and forth and make this thing happen. So it's not so much as having a mentor to go to, it was more finding other people in a similar situation and helping each other out to build something together as opposed to working for someone to do what they want. Yeah, I had a, a similar realization that you could, I was spending a lot of my time, uh, if I went back a, a few years before the job that I'm in currently, I was, I was working maybe between, say, 60 and up to one week I did 97 hours as I worked it out. And considering there's only 160 yep. hours in a week, there was basically every waking moment <laughs> I was doing yeah. work. And uh, I was running myself into the ground a bit. I'm thinking, and I'm doing this, uh, I've got no equity. I'm doing this to make someone else's dreams become a reality. Mm -hmm. And that was that was the start of my change, <laughs> this, this crisis, yeah. if you will. Where yeah, I, 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 got, I, I quit and I was a bum for about a, a year and a year and a half living off my wife, as I sort of slowly came to realize that I had spent so much of my time and effort and energy in... And you've never stopped to think about yourself yeah, and what you wanted to pursuing do. pursuing someone else's goals and dreams for them. Yep. And, yep. and there's nothing wrong with helping people reach, but there's a difference between, I think, uh, I suppose, holding someone's hand and together moving toward a, mm -hmm. you know, dreams, if you will, versus what I was doing, which was... There, you know, getting underneath and, and letting them 
stand on my shoulders and you know let me do all of it. No, no, not saying I was doing it's all the, the work, between... but I was I was doing a great deal of work without then any chance then of that realizing to being part of what I want to do. It wasn't what I wanted to do at all. Yeah, I mean that's the difference between climbing, helping each other climb a mountain to get higher, that and just carrying someone's backpack while they're climbing the mountain. Yeah, exactly, and that and that's what it was. Whereas so. So the current day job I have now is is far more balanced in that sense that uh, I've, I've I've entered into it with an understanding that uh, I'm doing it from the yeah you know, and this is one of those pieces of advice that you often hear from business coaches or um, lecturers or or whatever is that you sort of treat yourself like a business and mm. and what that promote yourself yeah like what a business that really means well. I think is put a value on your time because time spent pursuing someone else's ideals is an opportunity cost where you could be doing your own. Yeah. And so long as yep. you assign a suitable value to that, then the other person will recognize that value. And, yep. and I've entered into this current job more like that where uh, I'm, I know that I'm providing a certain amount of value and they are appreciating that much back. I'm not overvaluing myself. Uh, providing more value than they are returning, if you like. So it it works out there a lot more balanced. But isn't it also terrible that we all have to experience this to understand it? Well, it's easy to get like I'd, caught I'd, up in someone else's dream. You get the excitement, and yeah, yeah. It's only after a while you start realizing that the, all the excitement is that it's actually their excitement, and yeah, and you, but you keep putting yourself out and keep doing these things for them under the hope that they'll one day turn around and go, oh, you've done really awesome. This is equally you and or you'll be rewarded for your efforts. But then you realize you're just another worker. He's to them. 20% of the company. Really? You go, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um, you always hear people say, you've got to cho- choose between work and family life. But I got presented with that exact very question by a boss of mine. And that was the first big indicator to me. My daughter um, was in primary school. She was in year two, I think it was. And she got sick in class and threw up in class and they tried to get hold of um, the wife and but she wasn't contactable. So the first time ever they contacted me, and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon, I only had a couple of hours left of work. I had to leave work early to go pick up my daughter. And this I was in the production manager for this guy, um, running the, the whole factory side of his business and things. I've known him for years and stuff, done everything together. He called me up to his office and he says to me um, that he's not happy about me leaving early and that... um. I had to make a choice between, no, sorry, he said, I'm not asking you to make a choice between work and family, but you need to make a choice between work and family. And that was the very first little seed in my brain that went, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. Nah. You shouldn't have to be asking that. You know, I just couldn't, it's, I'd expect it from a real asshole boss or something like that, but it's just stunned me when it came out of his mouth. And it really showed me right then that I didn't actually mean anything to him. Yeah, your your output and that was your a big output shock. was the value you're providing, and when that yeah. stopped, uh, the output stopped, then your value stopped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was a big shock. And then the boss following that, I was already working for him from seven in the morning till four thirty five o'clock at night, and he, he was a real arrogant guy. And he said to me, "You want me here till six o'clock every night from now on?" And I just went, "No, I got a wife and family to go home to. No way." And he was really shocked and taken back by that and didn't like that I said that. Well, no, things are more important to me now. Mm. Okay, so based on 
on what we've said here, have you had any great big sort of failure that you've had to deal with? Is anything maybe, yeah, a, a big dip that you've learnt a good lesson from? Yeah, extending on what I've just said is like, I wish I learnt a lot of this so much sooner. And so if anyone's listening, please take my advice and learn from it sooner. Learn these lessons sooner so you give yourself more time to to do what you want to do. Mm. And so I know I've, I've made a mistake in working too much. No, here's a saying that I go by as well. No one on their deathbed regrets not working enough. Yeah, yeah. I, and I wish I knew that. A, I wish I knew that a lot that's earlier. That's uh, the other way of saying is the no one's ever sat there on their deathbed and said, oh, I wish I spent more time in the office. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I wish I knew that sooner because I worked a lot when I could have been doing so much more. Well, in that case, for myself, what, what do you do to refresh yourself? Family stuff. So you, you do a lot of, yeah, you've got a day job and then you come and you do all your, your recording. Yep. Do you have any activities that you do specifically to clear your mind, to refresh yourself, to make your, bring your energy levels back up? <laughs> and that's the secret, the, probably the big secret to do what you love because I don't care how many hours I pump into doing voice work and the audio drama and stuff. Even though it's a lot of work, a lot of time goes into it, that's my release. That's my thing. That's what I want to do for myself and that's what makes me happy. So that's my holiday. But then again, if I want to refresh, I go to work and I don't have the, the weight and stress of being a manager at work and things now. I can just go to work, do my job, which I enjoy. Don't have to worry and stress about everything and get to go home and then do what I really love doing. Yeah. It's, it's I don't know, it's weird because I know, I know what you're trying to asking is in, um, you need some sort of break away from it, go to bed early as the wife says, oh, I'll come to bed earlier and stuff and we'll go on a holiday and things. But when I found, I know, I know that now I found what I, I found that what I'm doing I really love and to me that's my holiday now. It's not work. I don't find it cumbersome or stressful or anything like that. And that's actually one of the key points that was, I suppose, raised to me. Uh, I went on this uh, business coaching course where there's uh, the whole process of trying to properly identify the the abstract of what it is that gives you energy and joy and try to find the way of doing that that is sustainable. Yeah, like I'm good creatively and doing design and stuff. But what, is, what was it specifically that I'm good at? And it's keying it down, narrowing it down to that particular thing. And I could do this all day now, easily. And you probably do. Well, probably much more than what I should anyway. <laughs> okay, so you're telling me then you've done some voiceover work and you've got an audio drama. Is there anything, would you, would you like to give us maybe um, some ways of contacting you or looking up your work? Anything you'd like to promote? Well, the audio drama is 17 chapters and all but four of them are finished. A couple of them, are, a couple of them only need a, uh, a couple of sound effects put in, a couple of lines, that's it, and they'll be done. And the last two, all the tracks and everything are laid out. Got to fine-tune some sound effects and stuff. And that'll be finished. Um, it's called A Man of the Mountain. It's a um, kind of adventure, horror um with mythical creature type of story without giving too much away. It's a prequel story to the book Wide Out, which is a tale about a monster hunter named Vic, Nick Ventner, who's a drunk, treats people like crap, but he's a really good monster hunter. 
So it's a prequel of that and how a bit of a bit of a dive into the background of the story and backgrounds of various characters and things. So is A Man of the Mountain based on a book as well or is it a, a an original story? Um, it's an original story. Oh, sorry. No, it's not a book as in a published work or anything, but it is a story written by the same author and he had it available online to read for free. And when he first asked if I wanted to um, read the audio book for Whiteout, I started doing it. But then I started getting ideas of how I wanted to do an audio drama instead. And so that's when we decided, go do Man of a Mountain first. I think, in all honesty, they told me to go do that because they didn't want me to do Whiteout with these wacky ideas. Mm. But then what I've been churning out, they're like, holy shit, that's like really, really good. Um, it took a few episodes for them to, for me to get my groove and for them to catch on to what I was doing. But I do remember there was one particular chapter that I'd finished and sent it to them and they were both just, oh my God, that's perfect. And everything has just flowed from them. But um, yeah, so Ashton McCauley, if you want to go ahead and check out his website, it's uh, macashton.com. He's the author and also... Uh, can't remember that. So is that Mac Ashton, M-A-C, Ashton or M-C Ashton? Yeah, uh, Ashton McCauley is the writer. Yep. Twitter's um, real Mac Ashton, M-A-C, and MacAshton.com, M-A-C-A-S-H-T-O-N.com. But also Aberrant Literature um, from Jason Peters. He's the publisher of it. And like I was saying earlier about um, we're all at the same point of trying to create something. He's got a, um, he's part of his publishing businesses, published a few books and his whole, his thing is getting independent writers and people who have been rejected by the publishing companies and stuff to sort of give them an avenue to release their work mm. somewhere where they can get their work out to the public as well. And we're hoping that this Man of the Mountain story will further give, open up opportunities for other writers to come in, other stories to tell, and we can just keep building on this. So the 10 year plan you're asking about is probably... In a few months when we release this, it'll kick off the 10-year plan if it all goes well. That sounds pretty exciting that you found a couple other people that are trying to build and, and help. It was just and purely by random luck chance. And it's not like they're just random people who just wanted to read a story. I mean, 90% of the things you'll get on Reddit is just, I've got an idea, let's do this. But they're never anything really. They're never... They're not, never something with, with substance mm, yeah well i, I know but about occasionally that. You, occasionally you'll get these people on there it just it was purely luck and chance that i bumped into ashton and this has come about well see this is but the opportunities that can that can come from this are incredible this uh feeds into something that you you may have heard of this this term the law of attraction and the secret which yeah i think is a little bit magical in nature but at the essence of it and Certainly, um, as this fellow Joe Dispenza has written several books uh, about the neuroscience behind it, this idea that what you put your attention on and your intention is what you start getting, and that and that's the idea here. So, uh, aside from the, um, I suppose the to move away from the mystical side of these things is more the case of when you became clear about the sorts of things you wanted to do you started to uh, express that passion or that clarity, which means that you're going to more likely be able to contact and connect with other people who are likewise doing the same thing. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's that people attraction. Are... So before you know what it is you're trying to do, before you're 
clear, you probably have come across any number of people that you would have really clicked with, but you didn't recognize it. I haven't woken up yeah, to it. Haven't it wasn't in it, your yeah. scope of perception. And so it wasn't your and reality. It, yeah. And it's funny you should say that because in the last year or so, my eyes have been open a lot more to, to that sort of thing, to certain people, certain styles, certain voices, and just things that match, match with what I'm doing and my direction and my path that I'm on. Um, in around January this year, uh, someone, I can't remember where it was. Yeah, it was another one of these random Reddit posts. They're really strange. <laughs> I seem to be getting a lot of work out of Reddit like this. Um, someone posted on there, they wanted someone to do um, read a narration script and things um, because the person they had had to pull out of the project because they were for illnesses or whatever it was. Um, so I stuck my hand up, sent him a demo, and he sent me the script. And it was a 60-page script for a video game where it's only one character talking and it's the, the guy, um, the, the game's called Catalyst and you, you, you play as a psychiatrist and you're playing back the audio tapes of a patient's, you know, recorded sessions throughout the years. And so I was a patient being recorded and there was like 60 pages of all his monologues and his stories and everything like that. And I have read the script four times, more, most more so for my own purpose because I just wanted to keep learning and keep doing it better and getting it better because the guy who was making the game was a freaking movie director used to travel around the world doing um art festivals and movie festivals and judging them and things and giving lectures and stuff about to actors and directors and stuff and he's left it all and gone off to start his own business making these little um, mobile games and games on steam and stuff and it was just pure luck and chance that the guy they had pulled out i was right place right time jumped in did this script and he just gave me free direction and free lessons on how to approach things, how to read, how to how to record it all and how to express myself and stuff. But then on the flip side, that really screwed up the audio drama I was making because I was working down one path. I did this game, which stretched over a couple of months, and it completely changed the way I was doing things, like the way I was reading, the way I was expressing. So I went back and recorded all the Man of the Mountain stuff again as well. And but it's all for the benefit though. It's all for good because it's come out a hell of a lot better now. That sounds like an awesome opportunity. But yeah, and, and again, I think that is that that expression of that um, attraction is that because you are receptive to to those sorts of opportunities, and you are trying and grabbing uh, opportunities as they came up on Reddit, you're able to may perhaps a year ago or or a year and a half ago, maybe you wouldn't have seen that opportunity. Maybe you wouldn't have put the inform- the effort in. No, no, and I'm noticing now that things seem to fall into place at the right time. And whether they always have, I don't know. Or whether I'm just more aware of it now, I don't know. But the right opportunities and the right things seem to be happening at the right times. And it doesn't matter if I'm late with whatever I'm doing over here because that's going to finish at the right time because something's going to fall into place here. And it, I don't know, it's, it's really weird. Things, timing and things just seem to all be clicking along. Uh, I always say that there's it's strange. Once in a lifetime opportunities happen every day. Yeah, uh, I learned yeah. that it's a matter of whether we grab them. I learned or not. that from trying to win eBay auctions. <laughs> you sit there and you go, "Oh, this this auction, this item, getting at this price or this opportunity is only going to happen now." Oh, I missed it. Oh, fire it! And then of course you look back on eBay and it's relisted again, and you start going, "Oh, oh, that's mm-hmm. one of those clear phone covers, yeah." Yeah, clear phone cover. 
<laughs> in fact, it, for me, it was a guitar amplifier. It's because I, I was trying to get a guitar amp on a budget because I, I didn't have a lot to spend mm. on guitar amps. And there's this one there. And then I turned out this, this person was selling a whole bunch of them. And I got it for a really good price because I realized after a few of these auctions went off and I missed out on them that, yeah, once in a lifetime opportunities happen every single day. You just have to yeah. realize it. Recognize it, yeah. And to do that, we have to get our faces out of our phones and off the couch and start looking around. You got to know what it is. Start paying that, attention, start listening. You got to know what it is that you actually want. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to wrap it up here and thank you very much for your time. That was that was very insightful and very interesting. I think we can um, get a lot out of what you've said. No worries, thank you. I've, I wish maybe... Uh, I wish I had more of a direction in mind of where I'm going with this, but um, it's all been uh, the chaotic randomness of how I've been doing things the last year. I know it's pointing to something because uh, the arrowhead's getting closer and closer to the point. You know, it's everything all over the place at the back, but it's there's something in the in front there. It's just a bit of a dark tunnel right now. I can't see what that is at the end. Well, I, th- I think so much of it is experimentation because once you do find yeah. uh, a, a passion that you can put put yourself behind as you've said it it's something that you can do you get home from a big day of work and uh, you don't have a lack of energy you actually that's when you start gaining your energy is is when you go okay now i've finished that necessity so i can have my food and shelter now i can actually do something that Mm. actualizes myself and so i can i can either sit down and watch tv or play video games or something which is what i used to do or i can spend this time and create something and that's what i'm doing now Okay, so next week's goals. You okay? Next week is September. September is the last month for this annual um, period. I haven't got my goals out yet, but I know that next week's goals. I'm going to do my 16k run. I'm going to publish book two, and I'm going to record the rest of Judgment Day. So these are the same goals I had for this week, which I just didn't do, and that's the way it happens. And that's also why I've got a 10-year mission, not a two-year mission. Because I'd be awfully disappointed in myself if I uh, misplanned and miscalculated so badly again. See ya. Mm-hmm.